0: I'm here today with Wes Grandberg Michelson. He's the author of the forthcoming book, Without Oars, Casting Off into a Life of Pilgrimage, as well as previous books, which include From Times Square to Timbuktu, The Post-Christian West Meets the Non-Western Church, and also Future Faith, 10 Challenges for Reshaping Christianity in the 21st Century. But also for more than 17 years, Wes served as General Secretary of the Reformed Church of America and has long been active in ecumenical initiatives such as the Global Christian Forum and Christian Churches Together, all of which not to mention that he's been associated heavily with the Ministry of Sojourners for approximately 40 years. (laughs) So Wes has got an incredible uh, history of making a huge difference uh, in a lot of uh, faith-related work. So Wes, it's so wonderful to have you with us here today.
1: Well, it's great to be here, Brian. I appreciate your generous words. It's very kind.
0: Well, you've, you know, accomplished just a huge amount of, you know, wonderful things. And uh, I think we're all really going to be looking forward to this new book. Um, I should have said that uh, it's release date is November 17th. So you're um, right. right. just, just around the corner. So before we dive into that, though, maybe you can just tell people in a little more detail about some of the things I just barely touched on in terms of, you know, your, your background, the work that you've done besides books and then, uh, and then the books that you've written.
1: (laughs) Well, it's been an interesting journey, Brian. Uh, I, uh, you know, was raised in a strong white evangelical subculture. My grandfather was a good friend of Billy Graham and that's kind of the environment I grew up in. And then I grew from that, uh, into a broader experience of, uh, of faith, Uh, I, I've had a, a lifelong preoccupation with how faith relates to public life and politics—that that intersection between the world, the world, and the word—and um, that probably came because when I started my career, I was the chief legislative assistant to a U.S. Senator Mark Hatfield. It was during the time of the Vietnam War, and Hatfield was a leading opponent, and also uh, a publicly known as a Christian, an evangelical, in fact. Um, he, was, uh, he was the kind of person that doesn't exist today, a liberal Republican and a progressive evangelical. So, wow. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, but from there, then, my journey took me uh, into the ministry and uh, uh, also the early days uh, working in the, in the beginning of Sojourners. Um, and then I was with the World Council of Churches, in Geneva, Switzerland, where where we focused a lot on the issues of environmental stewardship. That was kind of my portfolio, what we called integrity of creation. Uh, Did a lot of writing around that too. And then then there was this unexpected turn where I was invited to become general secretary of my denomination, the Reformed Church in America. And as you said, that was uh, 17 years. And it also included a lot of ecumenical work. such as Christian churches together and, uh, and, and the global Christian forum. Uh, so it, it's been a, it, 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 it's been a journey so far that has continually taken me to unexpected destinations. And, uh, and I, the, I wrote a memoir a few years ago and gave it that title unexpected destinations. And that kind of continues now. Um, the, um, uh, I wrote some earlier books, especially about environment, and then one on leadership—leadership leadership from inside out—that uh, spirituality and organizational change subject that I think is so key to us today. Um, but in the last, uh, in the last probably seven years, my attention's turned a lot to what's happened in the world church and the shift of world Christianity to the global south. And um, and that led to uh, uh, the book from Times Square to Timbuktu, um, and that was about how the about how the post-Christian West meets the non-Western church, which is essentially the dynamic I think in global Christianity today. And and then Future Faith uh, was uh, an attempt to look at the ten challenges that we are facing in the future globally the challenges that are pushing, uh, the future of Christianity and what the, what those mean for us congregations, uh, right here. So that, that, that's kind of the preface. And, uh, uh, but, but in, in the last uh, three years, I've become completely captivated by, uh, the experience of pilgrimage as the way in which we understand our space, uh, our, our faith, uh, embody it and live it out, um, and, uh, so that's, that's what my, this latest book is about. And that's where a lot of my heart is.
0: Wow. What a body of work, as I say, uh, it's just pretty amazing, Wes, uh, how much, how much you've accomplished. Um, I know until I read it in your bio, I had no idea that Surgeoners was 40 years old. Um, could you tell us just a little bit about what that looked like when it started? How did, how did it get going? Well, and, I tell you, know, you uh,
1: uh I was working with I was working for Mark Hatfield in the middle of the Vietnam War, and uh, he was um, he was being uh, pretty pretty harmfully almost viciously criticized by other Christians for opposing Nixon and opposing the Vietnam War and this newsprint magazine came across my desk and it was called the post american and it was the language of how biblical faith called us to resist the war we were facing and the the kind of materialism and greed in our culture and a call to really radical faith uh, article. After I read this, and I said, I did. I just didn't know anyone else was thinking like this. This is amazing. So I walked in the senator's office, and I, it was a Friday, and I said, Senator, uh, this this magazine just you know. Newsprint thing just came in. I just like might like to read it. Take it home. Monday morning, uh, he came into the office and I, I walked in and I said, "Senator, you have a chance to read the Post American." And he said, "Yes." Get these people on the phone right now.
0: Wow! <laughs> and I <laughs> That's and so great. I scrambled
1: around and I found this name Jim Wallace. I found his number. I got him on the phone <laughs> and put him on the phone with the with with Mark Hatfield and. With me and and that was 1971. Uh, that Christmas, I went out to Chicago, met him in the small emerging community, and and that began a relationship with that has continued uh, to this day. Uh, it's actually 50 years. Um, the the community moved to D.C. in in uh, in '75, and uh, and at that point, a couple years later, I left working for Mark Hatfield and became. Uh, one of the editors of the magazine as we tried to get that thing launched. And uh then it has grown and grown since then to, uh I think being one of the more remarkable stories in, in uh, religious journalism in America.
0: Oh yeah. And there's no question about that. It's been very influential. And, you know, as I said, I had no idea that that was, you know, the history that it went yeah. back that far. Yeah. But, you know, congratulations on, you know, <laughs> making something like that happen that's been so long lasting. Yeah
1: no it's, oh. it, it, it's it's really a great story and and it and and you know it's its voice uh, uh its voice continues today it's more important than ever
0: yeah yeah so um we before we started the recording you and i were talking about pilgrimage and some of its yeah. applicability and uh we're going to do some more work on that uh, another interview on that uh, probably down the road but uh maybe you could talk a little bit about pilgrimage, you know, in, in, in more depth and, and kind of like how you reflect on that in the book? Well,
1: I, I really became intrigued, Brian, uh, when I first heard someone talk about the Camino de Santiago in Spain. Something just resonated in my heart. And I felt, I, I think I need to do that sometime because my own journey has moved from just getting the right ideas in my head about faith to deepening the convictions that uh, go to the heart and go to the practices of faith and and I and I remember feeling this is something I should I should do and then the opportunity came came about uh two two years ago in the summer of 2018 where with uh with three other companions i was able to experience uh, uh a, a good chunk of that pilgrimage and it not only had a deep effect on me but it it had me come to understand how pilgrimage how how you know walking with holy purpose to a destination is, is a way that for centuries people have embodied their faith and, and have lived it out. And it, and it becomes a metaphor for our, our overall journey. Um, we, you know, we tend to think, at least in my tradition, we tend to think that faith consists of a belief in beliefs. You, know, you, you get the right beliefs in your head, then you've got faith. Uh, I, I, I think faith is so much more a matter of how we embody practices of how we live. Uh, and that's a, and that's a shift. It's a shift from, you know, from my tradition, the reformed tradition. Uh, uh, it puts all this weight and creeds and confessions, you know, getting all the right words into a neat box. Uh, but I, I've kind of broken, broken away from that box. I, I, I think, I think faith is far more about embodying practices that make that faith real than it is about getting the right ideas in our heads.
0: Very cool. Well, it sounds like that that was like an amazing experience for you. And then I've had,
1: uh, you know, I, I, I told, I, I decided I needed to go to Lord's France in order to uh, visit what it's you know probably one of the world's most popular christian sites um it's catholic but in 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 you know, that long tradition i had then another amazing experience in uh nigeria um uh you know in a gathering of a of a hundred thousand christians there who come from a from an african instituted church and 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 gather and worship throughout the night into the morning um where I live in New Mexico, uh, the, the uh, Satuario de Tremayo is uh, actually the most uh, visited uh, site of its kind in, in the United States. People don't realize it, but it's for, for decades, people have been making pilgrimages there. And, but the, it's not so much about just, you know, some people have the opportunity. Some people, they're not, you know, they can't go more than 30, 40 miles from their home. Um, but, but being able to see that our faith is a pilgrimage in which we have to take steps ahead that teach us what we have to leave behind in order, in, in order to, in, in order to get to, uh, what we really desire that, that to me is what's, what's really important. Uh, you know, a lot of people can write kind of a travel log about pilgrimages, but, but but really explaining how our faith is lived out as a pilgrimage uh, that constantly asks us to, to to move forward by 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 moving out of our normal routines and leaving behind uh, things that weigh us down in order to move into uh, the, the, the place of faith we're called to that that's what that that's the message that deeply intrigues me.
0: Mm-hmm. So. You know, we're in a kind of a time of pandemic where people can't travel a whole lot right now. But you know, once we get past that, um, for for someone looking to do this um, and maybe hasn't really had those kinds of experiences before, is there any particular route or any particular pilgrimage that you'd recommend? Not, you know, you know what I'd possible? say. I, don't. Uh, so we're in a
1: pandemic. What the pandemic has done has created a disruption in all of our lives. Our, our normal routines have been disrupted and we can either take that as a, uh, as a real burden, or we could take it as an opportunity that, that allows us to ask deeper questions and to, and, and to really move in, in deeper ways. So I, uh, you know, I, I've I've written a reflection guide that goes with the book, and I've said you you can you can do a pilgrimage, uh, right from your home. You can I mean you you can do this inward journey, um, uh, without even leaving your your home. Even better, you can do this by doing some intentional walking, um, within with, within the ten miles of where you live, because I think I think there's some real value and. in 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 how we reflect and pray and move in direction so i you know people don't have to wait until they can get on a plane and fly somewhere to one of these really uh, popular pilgrimage sites they can they can say COVID 19 has broken up my routine so much i've now got time i've got space i could say especially now with the election over with you know all the all the kind of turmoil that's been going on. I can take space to uh, journey inward here and now, understanding my life as a pilgrimage in order to equip me for what's
0: ahead. So that's, re- that's really cool. I'm I'm really glad that you're that you did that. You yeah. said it was a reflection guide.
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be. Uh, it'll come out right on the publication date of the book and it'll be free. It'll be, you know, on the website and anyone can take it and use it to allow the content of the book to not just be something you read, but something you work with, which is what my, my hope has been.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I should have mentioned before that this book is coming out from Broadleaf, uh, Broadleaf books, which is a division of uh, 1517 media, um, perhaps better known as fortress press and its Mm -hmm. affiliates. But, um, but that's really great that um, you guys came up with that guide so that yeah. it can be, the book can be, you know, even more useful during um, the time we're at right now. I think so. And and it, I think
1: it, uh, you know, I think it, it really causes us to ask some central questions. Uh, uh, you know, questions like, whose life am I living? Whose life am I living? Uh, another question I like is, why are you where you are now? Um, and uh, whenever you experienced uh, life as more than you could plan for? Um, it, there, I, I, I think this is a time when we can ask probing questions that uh, more, you know, that in normal times, we, we frankly, we just too preoccupied. You know, we've got too much going on. We're going too fast and we're, we're running to keep up. And well, I don't know, at least my life has changed a lot. I, I used to, I used to fly hundred thousand miles a year. You know, I haven't gotten on a plane since March. And I, I know and the I, feeling <laughs> it'd be a year before I, you know, and so suddenly, suddenly I've got time that I never had before. Um and um I think that's just true for many, many people. Their, their life circumstance has, has changed. And sure, it's depressing in many ways, but hey, it it, it also opens up opportunities. I think no one no one moves forward in their spiritual life without some kind of disruption in their normal routine. And now that, that that's happened to all of us
0: you know <laughs> we don't have a of, choice uh, our, disruption. our choice is how are we going to respond to it yeah yeah that's i mean it really has opened up a lot of different opportunities in, in unexpected ways unexpected directions yeah but that's a great way to think of you know pilgrimage and change in that context yeah. so um a, a couple different questions looking forward one is you know do you have any other pilgrimages uh, specifically plan for yourself? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, I, uh,
1: there are two things uh, in terms of a, an actual physical pilgrimage. Um, I, I would, uh, I, I would like to return to the Camino de Santiago if, uh, if, um, I mean, I don't want to Embarrass them, but if I could either get my son or my daughter to go with me. <laughs> I'd love to do this with one of my kids. Should the, should that opportunity ever present itself? Because I think, and this is another interesting thing, Brian. Uh, the, the, ex, the physical experience of pilgrimages creates community and bonds in ways that you hardly would ever expect because you encounter people who are walking together in a in a in a common direction and 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 they're often you know they're for at least a time being they're walking away from their former lives and they are and they're taking a break Uh, often they're searching for something Um, and you know you meet people when you're on a pilgrimage like this and uh, you introduce yourself you know and and, uh, you know I'm I'm, uh, I'm Leroy from Australia. And, and your, and, and your first question is, isn't, oh, well, what did you do there? Or what, a you know, where are you? Your first question is, well, why are you on this pilgrimage? That's the first question. And so suddenly you get a level of conversation that is, uh, that is so, that is so rich and out of the ordinary. And even if you go with someone whom, you know, like in my case, one of my kids, you you know you'd have opportunity for interchange that just normally wouldn't happen. The other the other physical place I would love to go um if if I were you know to do something more while while my knees would still hold out uh, <laughs> it would it would be to Norway. Uh there there's a the the Trondheim Norway the uh, Nidaros Cathedral is a cathedral where uh where St Olaf is buried who was kind of the one who brought together what is the the origins of modern Norway, and it used to be a pilgrimage site, one of one of the main pilgrimage sites in northern Europe. Well, in in the recent past, I'd say about ten years, they've they've now revived this, and so there now is a there now is a whole pattern of of, of pilgrimage with places to stop and uh, inns and so forth that that wind its way up through Norway to Trondheim. And that 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 would be uh, that that would be another fascinating experience if I was to, you know, go on another physical pilgrimage.
0: Wow. That would be as long as you go to the right time of the year, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're doing this in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, without divulging anything that you can't, I mean, are there any future books that you uh, are already working on or have in mind? Not yet.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to focus on, um, on getting this one out. Uh, uh, But uh, typically, you know, I've written a book about recently about every two, three years. I mean, it takes about that long to write one, uh, at least in my style. Um, And my, I mean, my editor's already talking to me about it. And I, I, I'm pretty sure, I'll, I'll be back at my computer before long, working on something else. But but right now, I'm I'm kind of I, I kind of wanna I kind of wanna live into uh, seeing whether uh, whether whether this book uh, without oars casting off into a life of pilgrimage whether whether it strikes a chord and whether it whether it kind of you know meets a hunger that people have. Um, I wanna I I just wanna see what happens with it.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, we're looking forward to it. And uh, I'll make sure that, you know, we, I help get the word out about it. So, <laughs> well, Wes, it was really great to uh, be able to spend some time together. Thank you so much for, for that. And thank you so much again for all the things that you've done throughout your life. And um, we'll be looking forward to the release of this book. And um, all of us um, kind of trying to understand more deeply what kind of pilgrimage we can undertake.
1: Well thanks very much Brian it's been it's been a real delight to be able to share you know, share a bit about the book and share a bit about my journey which is always a you know which is always kind of a tr- a treasure it's uh, for any of us that's kind of walking on holy ground and I appreciate it
0: wonderful wonderful well again the book is called without oars casting off into a life of pilgrimage it's releasing november 17th from broadleaf books Along with an accompanying free reflection guide, so um, everyone run out there and pre-order that.
1: <laughs> yeah, in fact, well, I mean, I, it's already being—it's it doesn't come out till November seventeenth, but it's already being shipped. I—I I learned from some of my friends who've already gotten their copies. So
0: <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, I'll be looking forward to that. Great. Right.